0: It's Ben Riser here with another uh, Wisconsin Film Festival 2021 post-screening Q&A. Uh, today I'm here with Megan Zabel Holmes, uh, the, the auteur behind Cocoons, uh, which is maybe the shortest film in the festival, but also one of my favorites. Short and sweet, that's how we like it here at the Wisconsin <laughs> Film Festival. How are you doing today?
1: I'm right? doing good.
0: Cool. So I remember reading um, a little bit of the backstory uh, in your submission uh, when you sent it to us. But uh, tell us again, or tell the public, uh, how you came to make this film, or make any film.
1: Yeah, so um, I made this film, uh, I think I started working on it in March of 2020, which everyone knows that was... (laughs) kind of a weird time um and I have been a photographer for a while but I had just taken some classes to learn how to um uh, classes uh, to learn how to edit film and make documentaries uh and I had really big plans and I was really excited and then everything got weird um so in March I my daughter was three uh, and I had a baby at the time. I, I still have a baby, but he's not a baby anymore. Um, but I was at home with my two little kids, and I was like, well, I need to figure out, uh, one, I need to find a project so I don't lose my mind. And two, I was like, I just learned these new skills, and I'm going to completely forget them if I don't put them to use. Uh, so I looked around my tiny little world, you know, stuck at home, and... The most interesting story that I saw in front of me was that my uh, mother-in-law had sent my daughter these uh, this like grow grow your own butterfly kit uh, so and that was like that was a big deal for her. She loves butterflies like like all little kids do I think but um, but so this that was a process like we got these caterpillars and then they turned into cocoons and then you know the whole, The whole shebang so I decided I was gonna film that process and then it ended up being uh, more about more than just the caterpillars you know it was sort of like uh, documenting you know what this what my daughter was feeling and what she was going through you know as the world shut down Um, which you know was a bigger deal to her than I think I initially thought it would be
0: Hmm. Something that strikes me right away when watching your film is the sort of amazingly efficient economic visual storytelling where you sort of establish the time and place and everything else in, in a series of, I don't know, three or four shots uh, in the first 30 seconds of the film that really tells the viewer everything they need to know about the story you're about to tell or in the process of telling and I'm wondering uh, how much of that comes from your background as a photographer how much of that is just sort of like your natural instinct when it comes to storytelling especially visual storytelling and maybe how much of that came from that class that you were taking
1: Um, that's a good question you know I think I think part of it is just uh, the way that I tend to Tell stories I'm a right I'm a writer as well um and I've been doing you know journalism storytelling work for a long time I think um one particular influence might be that um for like over a decade I've been a producer of a stage show called mortified uh which is adults um get on stage and read like a 10 minute piece out of their adolescent diaries and so as as a producer of that show i you know work with them to take sometimes like years of diaries and condense it into a 10 minute uh stage piece uh and so those pieces are really tight and they have to be really efficient um and i think that that sort of um that I think that that those tendencies have carried over into other forms of storytelling that I do. I like to I like things to be really tight, <laughs> you know, um, and I think that that uh, played out in the in cocoons as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have any like cinematic influences you can point to as like the kind of films or the kind of. Storytelling in films that you are drawn towards and might have been inspired by for the way this film looks and the way you tell this story.
1: Yeah, um, gosh, I'm sure that there are a lot. I, I mean, I think that my um, I think that my my beginnings or my background as a photographer influence it a lot. I think um, I like to show things rather than tell them. Um, and I think when I was sort of looking for, you know, those establishing shots, you know, I had it in the back of my mind that I was trying to figure out how to, like, how do I let people know what's going on here and as, as efficiently as possible. Um, and also I think, I think that our, our lives during that time were just so like sparse. You know, in some ways, so we, I mean, a lot of the things I shot were the things that we were doing every day, you know, like we would go to a park and we would hang out in our backyard and we would work, you know, be in our house. Like we, there wasn't much else, you know, so that, how boring our lives were, I think, sort of lended itself (laughs) to like a, maybe some efficient storytelling.
0: Yeah. And so like how much of the film was, like pre-planned either on paper or with storyboards or in your head and how much of it was like you shot some stuff and thought oh okay i see what direction this is going in and now i need to catch some of these other things
1: yeah i mean i had i sort of had a loose structure in my head because the the cyclical nature of like the caterpillars and the butterflies sort of offered these like natural segments to the story um so i knew i really wanted to capture all of those like key butterfly moments and otherwise I was just trying to grab b-roll um to just sort of show what you know what was going on sort of between those times um yeah I would say it was it was pretty loose until I went and started to edit the film and then that's when I was like okay I'm gonna uh write this down and you know try to try to uh get a little bit more organized outside of just my brain.
0: Mhm. Was it was it always in your head that I'm going to make a 3-minute film or were you not sure about how long or what the length would be?
1: Yeah, no, I didn't I I knew I wanted to make a short film. I think it ended up maybe a little bit shorter even than I anticipated, but um there were other versions that I'd worked on where there had been like more B-roll or more um more footage, but ultimately I, I, uh, tended to, you know, lean towards the, the tighter storytelling versus the, you know, even if it was longer, I felt like I just wanted to tell the story and hopefully tell it well, and then tell no more than necessary.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems amazingly assured, uh, in, in all aspects of it, um, but definitely that economic storytelling. I mean, I think you capture all these great moments, um, and and it certainly certainly doesn't feel longer than it needs to be, <laughs> and it doesn't feel <laughs> yeah. it doesn't feel shorter than it needs to be either. It sort of feels kind of like a perfect little bauble. Um, yeah. But um, uh, but I'm wondering how much footage you think you did shot, and also even more interestingly to me than that. You know how many times or how long did you interview your daughter um, to get those little sound bites that you wind up using?
1: Yeah, um, in terms of, uh, I mean, the the interviews with her were pretty long. Um, I don't know if you've ever interviewed a three year old, uh, but uh, you know, there's these moments where she just sort of like you're just sort of astounded by what comes out of her mouth. And then there's other times where she's like, I want a fruit snack now. <laughs> and so, you know, trying to sort of navigate that. And I, I mean, you feel a certain with some, when you're interviewing someone that young, especially someone who is like your kid, who has all this trust in you, there's, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to like, like force her to say anything, you know, like I felt, um, a responsibility to make sure that she was really telling her story and it wasn't just like the story that I wanted her to tell. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess yeah, I I think we sat down and I interviewed her four times. And initially I had also interviewed um my husband and it you know, I was like, oh we'll get we'll capture this, you know, time capsule of the whole family. And then ultimately I was like we, we don't need that, like, we just need her. And I thought that the story being told from her perspective was far more interesting anyway, so, besides, you know, we didn't need, like, adults trying to explain what she was going through, like, she could articulate that on her own. So, um, but yeah, I would say, I think I did, like, maybe four, like, 20-plus minute interviews with her. Um, that ultimately, I think pieces from all of them ended up in the in the actual film. But um, and yeah, I think I learned. I also learned um, I should have shot more B roll, which I think everyone always tells you that, and you're like, yeah, whatever. But then I was like, oh, really? Like when I was editing it, I was like, yeah, it would be nice to have a little bit more B roll.
0: Was there a long time between shooting it and then getting into the editing of it?
1: Um. Well, yeah, last year was last year was pretty weird. I shot the film, um, over the course of maybe like a month. Cause that was the whole, you know, the whole butterfly length. Um, and then we decided we were living in Portland, Oregon, and we decided to move back to Wisconsin. So we moved across the country over the summer. Um, and now we are living in Eau Claire. Um, and so by the time we got settled in, I was like, yeah, I really want to finish this film. Um, and I made a goal to try to finish it before the end of the year. And I think it was like first week of January or something. But, but yeah, I had gotten I was really into it. And then, uh, you know, 2020 got even crazier. And then I got back to it, which felt good.
0: Yeah, I, I saw that there's a credit. Uh, that the music is by Dan Holmes is that your husband
1: yeah yeah it is
0: is that something he does Uh,
1: um not usually Uh, he (laughs) um, he I mean he's a musician and he spends a lot of time tinkering uh, around you know making making music in the basement Um, for a few years he actually worked in music licensing so he was licensing other people's music into film and TV. And then, you know, when I was like, I need some music for my little film. So it was like, I signed him up and it was a family affair <laughs> to to score the documentary. So, which was fun.
0: Yeah. So was it, was, so maybe, was music maybe not always part of your plan? And then you thought, I need a little
1: no it, i mean it was and i um like started looking around at music to license to put in it and i was like i talked to him and i was like i think you can do this like you've played me some of the weird stuff that you've like made in the basement like um so yeah so he you know we kind of talked about where the music was gonna go and like listened to some examples um and so then he composed something and we tweaked it a little bit and then we plugged it in and we were like, yeah, it's great. So, yeah.
0: So you mentioned that you had sort of maybe bigger plans to, to dive into um, filmmaking storytelling uh, before the pandemic. And that's why you took the editing class. Um, and then you, you know, had to put those plans aside for the most part, but um, did you have specific plans about a documentary, uh, that you were wanting to, to make, uh, before the pandemic hit?
1: Um, so I was, uh, basically working as a freelance, like storyteller for hire. Hmm. Um, and so I was creating essentially like creating content for the web, uh, through some combination of writing photography and then recently video. Hmm. And I started making videos before I really knew what I was doing. And then I started, like, some of my clients started actually like hiring me to make videos. So I was like, oh, I need to get it together. <laughs> so I need to learn how to do this uh, the right way. So I had been shooting a lot of video and then handing it off to someone else to edit. And so then I took editing classes just so I could uh, do, you know, do all of it from start to finish. Um, and then but a lot of like most of my clients were either nonprofits or government agencies mm-hmm. and it seemed like as soon as the world shut down like freelance budgets just evaporated um so yeah so my so my my big plans i was just like incorporating more video production into my freelance work and then and then there are some like ideas i have for bigger documentaries too but for the most part, it was like my my paying gig, you know, and then I was gonna start making videos and um then everything just kind of disappeared for a little bit, so so, yeah, I started working on this project. I had a lot of time all of a sudden,
0: yeah, well, I mean it's it's an amazing first attempt um
1: Thanks. and
0: i um I'm, I'm hoping you'll continue,
1: yeah. Yeah, me too. I think
0: so. Cool. Well, make sure to keep us in your thoughts for next year if you've got another another film to share or anything. Yeah, sure. We'd love to see more from you in the future. Thanks so much for being part of this year's festival. Yeah. Um, Even though it's uh, unfortunately only online, and we love getting people into movie theaters and... Hanging out together and watching movies, uh, and we hope to be back doing that again next year.
1: Yeah, I hope so too. Hopefully,
0: you can come down from Eau Claire and hang out in Madison for a weekend and (laughs) check out a bunch of movies.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. This was really fun.